Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Direct Response Secrets. I'm your host, Zachary J. Radford. Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, something that's going to blow your mind. It definitely blew my mind when I first heard it and I can't wait to share it with you. I'm very excited. We're going to be talking about the diamond industry, more importantly, diamond marketing, how they turn uh, a useless rock into uh, essentially the symbol of forever love. Now that takes marketing genius. So why should you care about diamonds? Because the same strategies that turned a hunk of carbon into a luxury status item can also skyrocket your own business. We're talking about taking something ordinary and making extraordinary. Look, I get it. You're thinking, Zach, I don't sell diamonds. How does this help me? Listen, Linda, Linda, listen. (laughs) If you've ever felt like just another service provider in a sea of options, Today's episode is going to be a roadmap of standing out, attracting the clients that you truly desire, and cashing in. Trust me, we're going. you're going to want to stick around uh, for this one. And if you get value from today's show, as always, please hit the subscribe button, drop a review, and let's get this marketing party started. Let's go. Imagine it's the late 19th century. Diamonds are just another pretty stone. Not much different from sapphire or emeralds. They're nice, but they are not the epitome of luxury and the symbol of eternal love that they are today. That was the diamond industry before De Beers and their marketing geniuses stepped in. Have you ever wondered why diamonds are a girl's best friend or why we have to spend three months salary on an engagement ring or why they are synonymous with luxury? It's not because they're the rarest or most useful stones out there. It's because someone told us they should be. The diamond industry had a problem. They had an abundance of diamonds and not enough demand. So what did they do? They created a narrative, a story that turned a shiny piece of carbon into a symbol of love, commitment, and status. They didn't just sell a product, they sold a dream. The enemy here isn't the diamond itself or the actual value, it's societal norms, it's expectations that were carefully crafted and manipulated by brilliant marketing campaigns that made us believe that love isn't complete without a diamond in that your worth is somehow tied to this carbon-based stone. Now, as David Ogilvie says, the father of modern advertising, the consumer isn't a moron, she's your wife. As Leo Burnett says, another great advertiser says, one of the greatest things to be achieved in advertising, in my opinion, is believability. And nothing is more believable than the product itself. Or as I like to say, if you can make them feel it, believe it, and see it, you better bet they'll buy it. (laughs) Now, De Beers wasn't just mining stones. They were mining human emotions. The diamond ring is not just jewelry. It is the crown that signifies the rite of passage to marriage, status, and bliss. 
So if you're looking to turn your business into a diamond, remember, it's not just about the power of the product, it's about the story you tell. And that is where direct response marketing comes into play. Now, let's jump into the teaching section where I'm gonna break down a step-by-step -step process for you to get those clients and grow and scale your business. Let's do this. All right, welcome to the teaching section of the pod. Now, we're gonna be looking at some of their greatest campaigns for De Beers. We're gonna be breaking some of those down, and I literally have a step-by-step -step process for you to follow to attract more affluent clients, uh, position your business in a more luxury, high-end way, and ultimately drive sales and grow your business. So let's talk about some of the campaigns. Like you, I'm not sure if you're as much of an advertising nerd as I am, but I've literally collected all of the major advertising of the 19th uh, century and and on. So I, I literally have I have books and collections of of all these great advertising. And one of the most popular ones is "A Diamond Is Forever." It's a campaign that De Beers launched in 1947, and perhaps it's one of the most iconic marketing campaigns ever. It tied diamonds to the concept of eternal love, uh, making it the go-to choice for engagement rings. Now, I've heard other stories that De Beers would literally have, uh, and, there, and I can't verify this, so you know, take, take it at a grain of salt, uh, but I heard that De Beers would literally go around to high schools across the U.S., and in like home economics classes, mention the diamond and how much value that is. And they literally set the standard, and this is true and verifiable, that they came up with the three-month salary rule. So if you're not, not familiar with the three-month salary rule, is De Beers suggested that a proper engagement ring should cost three months of your salary just to show your worth. This created a price anchor that people still use today. This came out in the 50s and people like back in the 50s, if you were making uh, whatever, let's say uh, 20 or $30,000, three months is a lot different than if you're making uh, two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars uh, a year, right? Like that three months is, is a huge uh, amount. And that was just basically pulled from their marketing department. They also used celebrity endorsements from like Marilyn Monroe. Um, she was uh, singing a, a song that um, was really well known and popular at the time called Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. It's essentially the equivalent of having a modern day influencer uh, just pump the the stock of diamonds and, and the value and the prestige and everything that's associated with it. so much more than because it wasn't common to have celebrity endorsements. There were some, but not to this caliber. They made a movie about it and all different types of stuff. It was really, really cool. I highly recommend you look into it. Also, the diamond invention, which is a, essentially a comprehensive strategy that included controlling supply, creating demand and continuing to innovate in how diamonds are cut, colored and presented. So they took this whole industry and manufactured it in the in every sense of the word. Uh, and they also did high-end collaborations with partners and luxury brands, uh, designers to create exclusive diamond collections. So this was their playbook. This is what they did to make diamonds successful. Now, I'm gonna go ahead and give you a step-by-step -step process that you can think about in your business. If you desire to attract more of the right clients into your business, 
If you desire to stop competing on price, as you know, diamonds are extremely more expensive, especially depending on the carrots and all that stuff, uh, compared to your average stone. I mean like 10X. So if you wanna be the diamonds of your industry, here's a bit of a playbook that you can kind of look at and try to implement, okay? So how do we turn our commodity service into an exclusive offering? Step number one, a unique selling proposition. What we wanna do is we wanna make our service different. And there's lots of ways to do this, not just this. Um, we can do a unique mechanism, uh, which is a, a unique process on how we would create something and, and how we drive the end result. We could have a big idea for our campaign, such as Diamonds Are Forever, that's a big idea. And uh, the selling, uh, the unique selling proposition is just what makes your service different. Why should they listen to you and not go to anybody else? Why is that different? And what I found is taking a big idea and, and creating a product around that that solves the issue before your service is key because everybody's competing on price, right? So let's say you had a self-liquidating front-end offer. What is a self-liquidating front-end offer? That's where you spend $1 on advertising and get $1, $2, $3, $10 back, okay? And so for every dollar you put into advertising, you get at least a break even. And there's lots of ways to do this. You can take your a piece of your service and sell it that way and then and do that. You can create courses, softwares, books, uh, education products. There's lots of ways to do this. And if you become the one that can spend the most on advertising wins, that's what Dan Kennedy says, the one who can spend the most on advertising wins. So you need to be able to position yourself differently and allow that to come into your life and into your business, okay? Uh, step number two, craft your narrative. Just like diamonds are forever, creating a compelling story or a slogan uh, essentially encapsulates your USP. So it's like it's taking it to the next level. And I like the terminology USP. I like to think of it as just like a very large marketing idea inside of your business that is exciting to people and gets people very excited. You're talking to customers all day, every day, and potential clients. You'll say something that'll get them excited. That is a potential USP. That is a potential big idea for your business. Okay, step number three, set a price anchor. So how did they do that? Well, they said three months of salary. So whatever three months of salary is, let's say it's $30,000, that's three months. Now they have a price anchor to go against. So they're like, oh, in order to show my love and my internal love to get married and and live the, the forever fantasy life with my wife, I need to spend at least 30 grand on a ring. Now that's a price anchor. And what's cool about it is that it's catchy and everybody spreads that marketing for them. So they're not like pumping that, but that's why I think that they got it into the school systems to be able to create that demand. I think that's exactly what they did. And that's the price anchor. So if, and the price anchor is really different for everybody, which is really cool because if you only make a thousand dollars a month and then, so that's $3,000 is, is your price anchor versus somebody makes a million dollars a month, it's $3 million for the same stone. And 
And like, yes, it's more valuable. You're getting a nicer stone, but how much more? And does it mean you love the person more? No, it's about status. And for the woman, it's about security and, and feeling secure. And it's a very, very cool technique. So when you're thinking about your service, how can you offer a, a price anchor? What I like to do in my business is I will drop uh, like lines of copy that I'll say, this could be worth, others are selling this for 50, 60,000. I could easily sell this for $100,000. I could easily sell this for $10,000. I could easily sell this for $200, whatever your price anchor is. And then when they get to what your price is, it's much lower. And the first number they see is the number that they keep comparing uh, uh, when they're reading your copy. So that's just a little trick for you as well. Now, leverage social proof. Use testimonials, case studies, celebrity endorsements uh, to add credibility to the service that you provide. Now, what would that look like? Well, if you had Gary V being like, you're the best um, short video creator on the planet, you know, that, that's going to add some credibility. Or you got Mr. Beast being like, this, watch this guy. He's the best YouTube editor on the planet. People are going to hear that. And that's exciting. So there's a couple ways to do this. I think you can get a lot of testimonials just by asking. Like if you provide value to somebody or you're close to somebody, ask. Some of the greatest testimonials um, that I've received is I just ask everybody. I ask everybody and once you've uh, accumulated enough, you don't have to do the talking. You can promote your, your clients and you can promote the uh, celebrity endorsements and all of those things to help sell your products. Um, all right, step number five, take control of supply. So instead of saying, I work with everybody on the planet, you can narrow that down to a smaller window and work with a set amount of people at any given time of a set market. Meaning instead of uh, like I help um, service providers, you could break that down and say, I help online service providers that make X amount of money per month with a certain mindset that I want to sell and be around and hang out with. That is a very specific you know, individual that I'm going for. That's how you control supply. because so that's the conversation. Everybody else, if they're not fitting that, automatically do not fit into your world. And then you say, okay, out of those, there's probably 100,000 of them in the world. I only want to work with you know, 50 of them or 20 of them at any given time, no more, no less. And what does that do? That pents up demand, especially if you can deliver on your promises. This is the key point is you have to be able to deliver on what you say, but you need to limit that supply. And you, you don't want to be like, I want a trillion clients. I want to work with everybody. And life is amazing. No, a life would not be amazing. You'd probably be pretty stressed out if you had like tons and tons of clients. But B, when you're working with a smaller group, it's, it's a lot of the same work over and over again. You can reuse stuff because it's very particular and you can raise your prices because it's specifically just for them. All right, step, step number six, high-end collaborations. So think about in your service business, downriver and upriver, meaning depending on the service you provide, let's just say you are a... Uh, a traffic provider, for example, like you run advertising for uh, for plumbers, let's just say, okay? And then what you could do is find other people in your industry, um, other marketing companies that service downriver or upriver after you service your clients. So for example, 
you can make partnerships with people that create websites for plumbers. That's all they do. Well, all I do is I all I, I run Facebook and Google ads for plumbers. That's a great uh, collaboration. Now, is that high end? Well, it is if they make great websites and they've had a positive experience, they are 10 times more likely to uh, take a look at what you have to offer if it's coming from somebody who's already added value. So, and then on the other end of that, so we have advertising, what would that be on the top end? Maybe that's somebody who does like uh, video design or something along those lines, right? So like they have their advertising campaign, but they need content. So somebody who does content, and then you can have these relationships with all of these other super credible companies, which in turn lifts yours up and you guys all pass referrals back and forth and you kind of uh, take control of the market and drive sales and grow your business, which is great. Uh, step number seven, uh, continual innovation. Keep updating and refining your services to stay ahead of your competition. Meaning if you are in a digital service or a financial service or anything, the market changes, P things happen, right? Like let's say if you're a financial service provider, the market shifts, the way you're communicating is going to, you have to change the, your marketing, you have to change if you're, if it's like a bear market versus a bull market and you, you have to communicate appropriately. And if you don't adapt, you're going to be left behind. Same with digital, anything digital marketing, like if you're an AI automation uh, person, like that's what you do. And it's like kind of unique and novel right now. In two years, more like two months, it probably will not be novel. Everybody's heard of it. And what next? What do you got for me? Like, that's how fast markets are, are changing. So you constantly have to stay on that flow and, and keep innovating. Multiple marketing channel, uh, channels. So don't just rely on one source of marketing. Why is this? Well, the reason being, if something happens to that source, for example, let's say Facebook ads is your number one source of business. Something happens to Facebook, say goodbye to your business right? I like to think of marketing as a stool. You need to have multiple legs to sit on that stool properly. If you have one, you could probably lean on it all weird. But if you have two, three, four, five different legs, it's going to be one of the best stools on the planet. It's going to hold you up. If one goes down, it's not a big deal. So think social media, podcasts, blogs, other type of content, uh, other advertising mediums. And just like a secret pro tip, um, you can get a huge advantage just by advertising where your customers are, but your competition is not, right? So let's say everybody in your market really focuses on Facebook and Google. Nobody really does TikTok. If you can crack TikTok and make that profitable, you would have an advantage of an entire stream of traffic coming into your business. That's just a side note, but something to think about. Uh, step number nine, retention. Customer retention is so important. Why? Well, I'm glad you asked. The hardest part of any business is acquiring new customers. It's, it's not necessarily the hardest, but it's the most expensive. So if you're constantly just acquiring new customers and you're not retaining old customers, you're, you're not going to win. So like the diamond industry, for example, they have anniversary bands, they have earrings, they have uh, bracelets and like all these, there's all this additional upsells of diamonds 
to keep the people that have invested in the ring investing in other things in the future and other jewelries and other other conversations. So with your service, you want to be thinking like, who, like, how can I retain my existing customers? And I like to think of like, how can I sell them something additional that's not going to take up a lot of time and energy and effort and give them a tremendous amount of value, right? When those things come together, that's how you retain your customers. And if you're not delivering on your promises, no matter how good everything else is, you're not going to be successful. Now, step number 10 is always uh, measure and, and refine. Track everything. Track your current campaigns as people are coming into your business. Um, how is your new uh, USP working with the audience? Maybe it's a new advertising campaign that you're bringing in. Think about positioning yourself as a premium brand and raising your prices to meet that uh, exclusivity. Again, you want to monitor how many people are get access to the service that you're providing. If it's available for everybody and they can buy it at any time and there's no scarcity, um, then it's not very exclusive. So control supply, um, look at multi-channel marketing and uh, here, let's run through the list quick here. So let's do... Uh, it's a USP, you got to craft your narrative, come up with a good story, the big idea. Uh, you want to set your price anchor and I should have mentioned here to increase your pricing because if you have a low price, they're going to be like, well, what's wrong with it? Why is it so cheap? So just by raising your price, it makes you seem more exclusive. Um, leverage social proof. Uh, of course, anybody you get results uh, for Turn them into um, people talking about your business. Uh, control the supply, again, limiting by who you work with um, and the number of clients you take on at any given time and students or enter whatever whoever it is you serve. Uh, High-end uh, collaborations, again, just other people that are downstream or upstream. And now there's always the ultimate partner that you'd want to have and partner with. So think, don't think small, go for the biggest and best brands that you can partner with as possible. Um, of course, you want to continue to innovate. You're looking at multi-channel marketing, customer retention, and then measure and refine. All right, folks, I've been, uh, we've been on quite a journey today, diving into the diamond industry, uh, and their marketing brilliance. Uh, We've dissected their playbook and, and guess what? You can apply these same principles to turn your service from a commodity to a must have. Remember, it's not just about what you offer. A lot of the times it's about the story you tell and the value you create. So here's a couple of those key takeaways. Craft a compelling narrative, set your price anchor, leverage social proof. And remember, if you're ready to shine bright like a diamond in your industry, take these lessons to heart, implement them, measure them, refine them. And hey, if you found this valuable today, this episode, do not forget to hit that subscribe button and leave a review. And I'll see you in the next one. Peace. Another solo episode in the books. Hopefully you enjoyed that. I just find it so fascinating how PR and marketing was able to like literally shift an entire the entire planet to consider diamonds as the go-to 
when you're buying an engagement ring and all the other ideas that, that are now societal norms that are kind of like hooking and trapping it down, uh, which makes it ultimately a uh, $72 billion a year industry. Like, damn, that is some great, great marketing. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hopefully you can take away some of the lessons that I provided and know that I appreciate you and I'll see you in the next one. Peace.